1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the Lady Auto Mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE Certified. Hi, Allison. Hey. We Looking at the MPB calendar, which can be found at mpbonline.org slash events, there are so many car things going on now. Just too many. <laughs> now, yeah, There's. I, I think up. every city in Mississippi has a car thing yeah. going on. Um, if anybody has events they would like us uh, to, to share, you can always send your information to events at mpbonline.org or you can send them just to me and we'll try to get them announced or p- definitely put them on the website. Our email address is auto
2: at org. What is your next event? Let's see, coming up... Um well, we have we have I have quite a few different things going on, but as far as making an appearance, well, South Life got canceled, oh, uh-huh. so that was a big one. And then I have some later in the year coming up. You know, we've got cruising the coast that we're going to do. Right. In between there, I, f- I feel like I have something. I have to check my calendar because I have so many things going on. Um, but so we've got some stuff coming up a little bit later we'll, in we'll the year. We'll get our we'll get well we'll we'll meet together next yeah. week with
1: our calendars, and yeah. we'll, uh, we'll we'll check it coordinate. all out today. We're going to talk about kids in cars, car seats, and heat stroke between your vehicle repair calls. Uh, not necessarily seat belts, we're going to go for the little guys. And our guest is the host of the show that comes on right after this. It's Dr. Morgan McLeod from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Good morning, Dr. McLeod. Good morning. Thanks for having me on today. Well, we're so excited that you're here. Um, you know, some people uh, don't have kids, so <laughs> Allison is raising their hand. (laughs) Uh, Some people's kids are now in their 20s. I'm raising my hand. But uh, if you're an aunt, if you're a soon-to-be grandmother, if you are going to have kids of your own someday, this is just something to know. You need to know. So uh, car seats, why do
3: little kids need car seats? Um, Well, it's the safest place for them to be because obviously they can't sit in a seat and sit upright and have the seat about fit them perfectly. And actually... They Even after you advance out of a car seat, we really put kids in a booster seat, too, to lift them up so that the seatbelt can hit them appropriately. So it's just a safe place for them to be something that keeps them restrained if there ever was to be a motor vehicle accident, which hopefully that would never happen. But if it did, it's a safe place for them that keeps them restrained and hopefully keeps them in the car. Safer than Mama and Daddy holding them in their arms. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And the laws in Mississippi, you you got you to gotta have a car seat. Yes, you do. And, you know, the AAP, which is the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, they now recommend actually keeping your kid in a rear-facing car seat. So we always want the car seat to be in the back seat. Um, that's for a couple of different reasons, but particularly airbags back there
2: uh, up in the front seat. And also just it's a safer location yeah. for them. And that was the question I had for you because a lot of people have trucks, single cab trucks, so a lot of them on the roads. And so you were saying that's not a safe place. You can't put a young child in that car. is just not safe.
3: Yeah, not if it doesn't have a second row. I would be mm-hmm. a little hesitant to do that. Yeah,
2: or or two-seater sports cars. Yes, and, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Not for a car seat, yeah. um, because if you've ever installed a car seat, um, it's a little complicated. It is, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually way more complicated than it was when we had car seats, um, because used to, you know, you would just strap in the seat belt to lock in the car seat, and now they have a whole latch system that actually, you have a base for your car seat that you lock the base in, and then you attach the car seat to the base. So it's it's a little more complicated than it yeah. used to be, um, but it's the, all you're trying to do is secure and restrain the infant so that hopefully, if there is a wreck, that they're going to be staying in the car. True story, my daughter born in
1: 1992. You know, we go out to the car, I put her in the car seat, I get in, I drive, pull out of the parking lot, turn to the right, and the whole car seat slides along the back Mm -hmm. seat because I'd put her in the car seat but I hadn't attached the car seat (laughs) to the seat. (laughs) seat.
3: (laughs) You know and I I still remember a case when I was um, in residency training. We had a little girl that was a baby that had not She was in a car seat, but it had not been securely fastened into the car seat, and when they had the wreck, the car flipped over, and the baby actually got caught, so the baby was stuck in the car seat upside down and had slid out, and so had had lots of trauma from that, so it was... didn't end well. So it's oh, really oh. important to make sure that they're securely fastened in there. Okay. And I, I know Allison, you know, back in our day, we rode in the back
1: of pickups yeah. standing oh, on yeah. our hands. We but so I, there are, <laughs> That's why, you know, back in our day, people used to smoke. People back in our day, we used to use asbestos. Yeah, yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's lots of thir-
3: things people back in the day used yeah. to do, but we've we've learned that yeah. there are better ways. Exactly. Yes. I, I remember we used to fight over who could sit in the front seat in the middle part. Right. right? When yeah. I was growing right. up, you know, yeah. who got to sit in the middle. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing in the front, which is super dangerous. So.
1: Okay. Let's go back to car seats a little bit. Backwards and
3: back seat until when? How about backwards? So always car seat always needs to be in the back seat. Actually, kids need to be in the back seat until they're 13 is actually the recommendation. Wow, okay. And then you teach them to drive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but 13 is really when they need to stay in the back seat until they turn 13. Um, Kids don't like it when I tell their parents that I was about to say that's
2: probably a little bit of some contention there with their parents. Yeah,
3: so 13 is when you can actually move to the front seat. So you always need to have have the child in the back seat rear-facing the car seat until 2. That's the newest recommendations. One of the biggest uh, questions that we get is, well, they get so big and they're tall, and what about their legs? Are they going to get cramped? A lot of the car seats now have extendables, so they'll, like, extend a little bit to kind of cushion them a little for their leg room. But honestly, I mean, I was telling them before we came in, one of my good friends who's also a pediatrician, she kept her kid rear-facing until she turned 4. Okay. And so um, it's the safest for them is to be rear-facing. So, uh, you know, in, at four, she had no idea that there was anything different. So right. if they don't ever know anything different, then it's fine. Um, and they're pretty easy to bend their legs. They don't really get that cramped, honestly. Um, so it's, it's safest to keep them rear-facing tool at least two. But honestly, as long as you want to keep them rear-facing, it's safest for them. All right. Well, let's take our our first call. Jessica
1: from Braxton. Jessica, we're so glad you've called in today. You're on AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you so much. So my daughter is a year and a half old, so we're rear-facing still. Um,
4: And I kind of wanted to touch on both topics about the car seat and also the heat stroke. So it gets really hot in Mississippi, and when it's possible, we try to crank the car in advance to cool it off. But sometimes that's just not feasible. And so um, sometimes we'll go to get her out of her car seat, and her face will be really red, and she's sweating a lot. So how can we protect her? Since she's rear-facing, she's not getting a lot of the air in the car. So how can we
3: protect her on both fronts? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, definitely cutting the car in and trying to cool it off beforehand, that's good. You can try to put some things in the windows, too, um, especially if you, if depending on, I guess, what kind of car you have. But if it's, uh, you can try to put something in the window to shield like you would the front. Window um, to right. try to prevent some heat getting in there. I've also seen people, you know, those little fans, the little mini fans that you can attach onto oh, things. Oh, okay. I've seen like like a people cl- with a clip. Yeah, with a clip. I've seen people put those on, hook those onto their car seat or somehow finagle them um, on something in the car. That way they'll get a little bit of airflow in. That's
1: okay. Okay. Jessica, I want to ask you a question. As Double. a mom, do you have any tips and tricks that you use to remember your kids in the back seat so you don't forget to pull them out? Well, um, my kid likes to sing a lot. hard so to forget. <laughs> there. Um, okay, well, that, well uh, that's a good thing. Everybody sing and yeah. then uh, you remember. <laughs> Jessica, thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. And if you would like to call and participate in our show, our number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. We are so lucky to have Dr. Morgan McLeod volunteering an extra hour at MPB today to come talk about kids
3: and car seats. Um, What's after backwards? What do you do after backwards? So after backwards, they likely still need to be in a car seat uh, with a harness but you can face them forward. And you know, most of the car seats now, because the Infant car seats, a lot of times they outgrow them pretty quickly, and then they need to get the next bigger car seat. And a lot of these are convertible car seats now, so um, you can have some that are just convertible rear to forward facing. There's also some that are like three and four and one that eventually turn into booster seats too. So uh, they're they're pretty fancy car seats out there these days. So you can always move to one of those that will go rear facing that you can turn them around at too to be forward facing and eventually use that to a booster seat, or you could just do a regular conventional car seat, rear to forward facing. Um, and then as they outgrow that, whatever their weight limit is on that, then you would move to a booster seat, which is, we recommend it to be harnessed. And so most of those are going to be high back booster seats. And a lot of those high back booster seats, eventually you can actually take off the back as your kid gets a little bit older. Um, and then the once you graduate to the booster seat from the harnessed um, car seat. The booster seat. What we're looking for for that is we want. We're trying to raise the child in the seat so that the seatbelt will hit like it hits an adult, and so that's the whole point of a booster seat. Like a pageant sash. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Okay. What about used car seats? So I would just be very careful with that. Um, you know, it's car seats are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was just kind of looking at them before I came in just to see what the normal price would be for one of those three and one four and one the the fancy ones they're about three hundred dollars um and when you think about it it is going to last for a long time so it's going to last for several years but that's that's still a big purchase especially when you're buying diapers and if you're having to buy formula and all the other expenses that come with a kid so if it is a used car seat um i don't think that's the worst thing um but just make sure that it still fits in securely and that the seat belts still work properly they're not going to get locked and they're going to fit you know appropriately for them all right, Mars, we're, we're gonna... they're pretty durable, yeah. So they last a, a while. Just I would just make sure that you test it out really well before you use it. Fantastic. Well, we're going to continue our discussion of
1: kids' safety when we come back from our break. Hey, if you have a problem with your vehicle, Allison is here for you. I have a funny story to tell you when we come back. Okay. Um, call us at 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I am Liz Gill. If you can't listen to our show all the way through live, I hope you'll find our podcast. I like to listen to podcasts while I am working in the yard. We're trying to get it all pretty with flowers and all sorts of stuff. Here are some recalls for the week. The 2018-19 Audi Q5 and SQ5, the brake master cylinder casting may be too short, which causes a sudden loss of brakes, increasing the risk of crash. The 2017 and 18 Lotus Four a four hundred. Please call in if you have a Lotus. The <laughs> toe board. My boyfriend has a Lotus. Oh, okay. The toe board <laughs> in the passenger footwell lacks stiffness, allowing the knee of an unbelted occupant to contact the rigid structure of the car in the event of a crash, increasing the risk of injury. The 2013-14 Ford Fusion, now this, uh, I'll need to uh, paraphrase this for our, our listeners. The bushing that attaches the shifter cable may degrade and detach from the transmission, allowing the transmission to be in a gear diff- in a gear state different from the shift
2: position Selected by the driver. I've replaced those on a lot of GMC Chevy trucks. It's the itty bitty little bushing, and it just yep. where your thingy attaches in there, and that little blue plastic thing will yeah. bust. So yes. So you think you're in park, and you're not in park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that is the uh,
1: 2013 Ford Fusion, and then also the 2019 Ford Ranger. The, that was even in USA Today today huh. about those big recalls. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number... Dr. Morgan, do you know where your VIN number is on your car? I do. That's about the only
3: thing I know on <laughs> my car.
1: I'm going to give you a prize. <laughs> uh, you can usually find it on your dashboard, or on your door, or on your insurance card. We are talking about car safety for kids with Dr. Morgan McLeod, the host of Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, which can be heard in about 37 minutes after this, but we're also taking your repair questions. Allison is here and our number is one seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Our email is auto at mpbonline.org. Um, real quick, a couple
3: more things about car seats. Uh, can you just go get it at Walmart? Yeah, you can. They're available at Walmart. Um, and they actually have really good car seats at Walmart. Um, so, yeah, they can definitely, you can do that. If there are any questions about how to, you know, uh, install it, we were talking about this before we when we came in. Um, I know the fire departments, you used to go to the fire departments, and they would always help you install that. So if you're a brand-new mom or a grandmother and haven't done this in a while, you can always go ask the fire department. They can help you put that in. And then also I saw um, in the Mississippi Health Department, too that they also do car seat checks as well so if you ever have any question about am i doing this right because it can be a little confusing um so definitely go get it checked out by somebody that can help you
2: fantastic um, I found some things on my calendar, oh, and, okay. and I should have said that anyway okay. because when South Life it did it did not get canceled; it got right. postponed. Oh, okay. What's South Life now? So South Life is on July 27th at Trustmark Park huh. Stadium, um, whatnot. So July 27th for that, and I would love to see as many people as possible come out for that and come see me. That would be really really great. Um, we can take a picture together and all that stuff. And uh, see some awesome cars. And then for the month of June, we have two auto cross happenings going on, which is, we don't normally have that. It's usually once a month. So we have one in Grenada on June 8th that'll be 8th and 9th. We do ours on Saturday and Sunday, two days of racing. And then in June 22nd and 23rd, it's at Columbus Air Force Base, but on that you do have to have clearance ahead of time to get on the Air Force Base. But we are seeing some new faces a lot, at, and I have to wonder if so they've heard some stuff about it on, the, on our show here. Fantastic. So that's good. That's excellent.
1: This is one that has always bothered me It's the idea of the heat stroke in cars and it just breaks my heart uh i guess sometimes they always wonder did the parents really try to kill their child but i think most of them it's just folks are so stressed Mm -hmm. that they forget tell us about leaving the kids in the car
3: yeah, uh, you know, especially with the rear facing now, and um, especially if you have a little infant, you know, like our caller earlier said, her her child sings, so you can't always forget. But little they have the
2: mirrors.
3: Yeah, the they do mirrors. have the mirrors. Okay. Yeah, and um, but you know, it's we get in a rush, and you're trying to get places, and it's it's easy to forget things. Um, so it it happens unfortunately, and I I do think most of the time it is an accident if it were to happen, but it it still happens way too quickly. Uh, I was reading that your car can heat up 20 degrees in just 10 minutes so if oh, you think about wow. how hot it is in Mississippi in the summertime and in just 10 minutes the degree of if, so if it's 80 degrees outside and in 10 minutes it can get super hot and kids actually their body heats up a lot faster than adults so about three to five times faster than adults so if you're putting them in a hot environment they're going to overheat quickly And starting around like 104, 105 body temperature, you can start to have problems. And death can occur all the way up at like 107. So it unfortunately can happen fairly quickly. Um, So it, it doesn't take a long time. So that's why it's so important to be diligent about it. What have you heard are good tips and tricks So I think one of the biggest things is, which is important all around, not to be a distracted driver, but try to put your cell phone down. Because if you are talking on the phone or if you're in the middle of texting or emailing, uh, you're going to forget, you know, you're going to just hop out of the car and keep doing what you're doing. So that is one thing, not to be distracted. And that goes for everything. (laughs) Um, Another tip that I think is very helpful is put one of the things I read is put your bag so most everybody takes a bag into work or if you're if you don't have a purse or a work bag just put your phone in the back seat of the car so that that way when you get out of your car and you have to go get your bag or you have to get your phone it's going to be in the back seat which is where your child is that's and that's going to prompt chip.
2: I kind of like the idea of doing that, whether you have a kid or not. Yeah, like, so you can always check. I'm I'm bad about checking my phone. You stop at a red light, and I'll get I'll check it really quick. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, the lights turn green, and you're sitting there. Yes. Now I don't. I try my best not to text and drive or do anything like that, but I'm I'm notorious for doing that. And I, that's that's I think that's a good tip for anyone. Put your phone in the back seat. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hey guys, this is Michelle McAdoo uh,
4: on Everyday Tech. Uh, a couple of years ago, maybe last year or this year, we talked about. Uh, Tech that reminds you if something's in the back seat if it's over a certain pounds you can actually put the pounds you want to put in so if it's a bag of groceries or anything but especially children if you lock the door it will beep. And it will constantly go off every, you know, how many minutes you set it for. But it will not stop alarming and stop beeping until whatever's on that backseat is picked up. So those are great things. Uh, Electronics and uh, technology has changed the way because a lot of people are leaving their, like you said, children in the car. And Jay and I were just talking. I don't understand how that could happen. But people, you know, you don't know what's going on in other people's lives. But that's a great way um, to remind you that something's in the backseat. That's Uh, a good of lettuce or your child. I, mean, you
2: know. I don't even have kids and now. I'm like really nervous.
1: Like, well, one thing I heard is take off your shoe, take off your maybe take off your left shoe and put it in the back. Yeah, that's good. So that when you get out, you can't miss that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Anything to remind you to check back there. So, all right, we are so lucky to have Dr.
1: Morgan McLeod with us here today. But that's not stopping. Uh, Allison is here to take your car repair questions. If you have a tip or a trick that you've used for your kids in the car to keep them safe we would love to hear that our number is 1-877 MPB ring that's one 672 7464 our email address is auto at mpbonline.org my funny story that I mentioned is we took our car in to get uh, extra. Uh, the dealer owed us an extra key and we took the car to the dealer the day the Key guy was there, and after the key guy uh, created a new key, then the cylinder what do you call it the ignition cylinder The, the ignition away. cylinder froze up, and it had never frozen up before, mm-hmm. so they had to make us a new cylinder, and they aren 't the key guy, so there's a key for the cylinder and a key for the door and Then Morgan mentioned that they
3: lost it. A, ru- a key rusted out, out on a trip. Or the cylinder, maybe I can't really yeah. remember. It was so many years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was.
2: probably the cylinder. I've never rusted. heard of a key rusting, but yeah. That but they said sense. it
3: was from my key, like getting wet from like the rain or something like that, so many yeah. times and putting it in. So yeah, we ended up we were on a road trip, um, going to a concert in Birmingham, and had to find a random Honda dealership along the way. That so I ended up with two keys myself too. All right, um, mm-hmm. we're talking about kids and cars and heat stroke.
1: When can you safely leave A kid in the car by itself? When Mm. are they coherent enough that they know how to open the doors, roll down the window, that kind of thing? You're talking
2: about just to run into the store or something like that.
3: That's a tough question because I think it it all depends on the child, you know, uh, and their maturity level and what you expect of them. Mm -hmm. I would say not until they're at least probably 10 or 11 years old. Um, By then, most kids are around, you know, sixth grade or so and are fairly responsible, and you can trust them. But it it all is
2: so kid-dependent because, I mean, if there's there's some
3: that are not mature that (laughs) you could not trust
2: in there. I was babysitting my friend's little girl, and she wasn't but four or five years old, and I managed to lock the doors on her somehow. And I had to communicate to this child. This who's is who's really happy, happy go lucky child. And I actually got her to open the door. And I was just like, oh. I, I completely freaked out because I didn't know if she was going to understand. And she was about five, and I was able to get her to understand. But it was definitely a freak out moment where I had no idea if yeah. she was going to be stuck in well, it. And
1: back in my day, you yeah. could just roll the window down. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, and the other thing, back to the hot car situation, is, you know, you, sometimes. Sometimes routines change so like maybe you normally take your child to the daycare but something's going on today so your husband's gonna have to take your child and he's not used to it he's used to just driving straight to work that's another time I feel like it happens a lot when it's not your normal routine it's not your normal route that you take and so it's easy to forget so always make sure if somebody else is having to take your child to and from daycare or school or wherever it may be that you always double check and just make sure you know hey y'all get there okay or Or you know you could even call the daycare make sure their child got there or talk to your daycare provider that hey somebody else is bringing them if you haven't heard from them give me a call and let me know so I can check on it because that's another time when mistakes can happen we I saw yesterday on
1: Facebook an old people meme that says I only know where I'm going because I follow my GPS so (laughs) if you set your GPS to go drop off the kid then maybe you'll remember that we have got some great calls on the line let's go to Lori in Greenwood. Lori, we're so glad you've called in to autocorrect this morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Um, hi, thank you. I have um, a
5: 2004 Cadillac. Uh, it's in good shape, only has 128,000 miles on it, and it has a message board, like a computer system. And I keep getting messages that to, to check my earbag my serviced. Now, um, I know I have a small leak because I can see the stain. Uh, it, I don't know where it's coming from. I've blown out my, uh, you know, my sunroof um, channel. I don't, I don't really know what they're called.
2: The and drain, blown, the drain for it, yeah.
5: There you go, <laughs> the drains. But I keep getting this message, and I looked up with my VIN number, and I don't have Takata airbags. Uh, could
2: that just be a moisture issue? I, I I don't know without checking it out. I would definitely get that looked into just to make sure that your airbags work. You get in an accident, that could be bad without having your airbags. So you that's a thing where they actually have you have the computers that read things on your car, but they have one that are specific for airbags and some mm-hmm. of that sometimes that's built into the computer that they'll have at a shop. But um they'll check the code so basically it's setting off some sort of code and it could be something very simple or it could be the, air, the whole airbag unit itself needs replaced or something like that could that be from moisture maybe I, I, it depends on where the moisture is but uh I mean,
5: it, it looks as though it's going right on the airbag that goes down to the windshield there's a this-
2: Okay. It says airbag right on it. Um, oh, okay. So you've got moisture right where the airbag is. Yeah, that yeah. could it could definitely be affecting that. So I would definitely get that checked out and looked at okay. so that you're safe. Now,
5: now um, I do have, like I said, I have 128,000 miles. It, it runs very well. Probably could use some shock absorbers. But um, uh, my question was also, you know, my check engine light's on. And... Um, I had my mechanic not the dealership look at it and um, it's coming up as my gas cap code. Yep. Uh, uh, I I retighten open it up, I retighten it. Is that a big deal or I'm
2: um,
5: concerned that the check engine light is on as it, well. It it
2: actually it, it kind of is I'll, I'll explain it to you, but one thing is When when you get one and it's saying, basically it's saying, it's not actually saying you have a problem with your gas cap. It's saying the fumes from the tank are getting out of the car somehow. There's a mess up in that system that keeps your vapors inside your vehicle. It doesn't emit them out into the environment like they used to when uh, cars Uh first came out. Right. So the gas cap on there is, is can be the problem, and you can replace the gas cap. So you might want to try that. Um, okay. And he may have recommended that, and sometimes that fixes the problem. It depends on the code, too, because there's, there's a couple of – they're called EVAP canisters, and they have little solenoids on them that open and close to let the vapors in and out of your fuel tank, depending on the pressure in there, and those can act up. And that's what they'll call a gas cap code on a car they'll say it's your gas cap and sometimes it's not actually the gas cap but it is that system so if that I, if that makes sense
5: okay yeah i mean it does, It runs well i mean living in greenwood i don't yeah do twelve thousand miles a year on it you know? yeah well that but system doesn't for, affect a, it
2: yeah <laughs> you know right right well it sounds like you've got some minor problems so i would i would just have those looked into and and get them fixed it sounds minor
5: Okay, and my other question for you then: um, What about fuel additives like those mystery oils and mystery products? Oh, do you, do you I be using additives in my car, my gasoline, and my oil.
2: I love love that you asked this question because that's something I've been researching a lot in the past couple of weeks. Actually, oh and great. I don't know why I, I get obsessed <laughs> about car stuff. Um, so here. the thing that I'm, I'm understanding: too. What's that? You two. <laughs> I, I try to get yeah I look up videos yeah, and I change my cabin
5: like, filters and stuff like that
2: that's great then I will recommend uh, to people to watch on YouTube it's called Engineering Explained and it's a young fella who talks a lot about automotive different things and um, I like his take on it and he says then this goes for the engine oil and fuel additives the recipes that those have are fine just the way they are and you don't need to add additives to them um, um, but for the fuel, if you want to clean your fuel system out, you can put in the, f- the fuel system cleaners. Um, like the carburetor cleaner or whatever they are? You can. You can do that. And it will help on the valves, which do need clean. But okay. the thing that he found is that it gunked up the top of the cylinder a little bit. So it's it's kind of – that's still kind of up for debate if you need to do that. but. I wouldn't worry about any of it. So you don't you don't have to add any kind of additive to your fuel or to your engine oil.
5: Okay, great. And finally, I know I'm keeping you guys on there for the rest of your show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> synthetic oil. Yeah. Oil versus regular oil. Right. Like, okay.
2: You- An easy, quick answer for that because I get that question all the time, and I get that from car people uh, a lot. They always ask me, what is your take on oil? That's like the the go-to question. And what I say is just do exactly what's recommended by your manufacturer. And if it says conventional oil, then use conventional. If it says synthetic, use synthetic. That's something that I recommend people make sure that they're doing if they have a car that runs on synthetic. You can switch a car to synthetic that has conventional, has has been using conventional oil. Um, It is better for your car, and it lasts a lot lot longer. If you notice that you're running a lot of miles in between oil changes and you're worried that you're going to go over, or if you have a tendency to go over, you may want to switch to a synthetic blend or a full synthetic, which lasts longer. And so that's, that's my take on that. And that's the quick, easy answer. There's, it can get a little bit more into it than that, but that's pretty basic. And everyone across the board in the automotive industry generally agrees with me when I, when I say that. So, so that's what I go with. Go what's recommended and know Know what you're supposed to use in your car because there's a lot a lot of cars these days that are going to synthetic they're almost all on synthetic and have been for about 10 years all right thank you Lori. we love our delta listeners we're about we're talking
1: about safety around kids and cars today we're taking your car repair questions after the break our number is 1-877-MPB-RING you can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org what's an unreliable car not to buy we'll get to that after the break you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
0: you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
1: It's an expensive
4: cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction.
0: Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Thanks for listening
1: to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app. For your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app, you can not only listen to AutoCorrect, you could listen to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens uh, on it also. Consumer Reports has a list of 108 2007 to 16 models that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the 2015 TLX Acura because of the transmission problems. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests consumer reports, and uh, carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. And he's reviewed cars and covered the industry for over 25 years. And his review this week is on the 2019 Ram 3500. But today we're talking about car seats, heat stroke, kids' safeties in cars with our guest, Dr. Morgan McLeod, a pediatrician in central Mississippi. Our phones are all full. Super quick. One last thing about the cars and
3: if the car is in the driveway or the car is parked, what should you do? Always keep your car locked if you're not in it because kids are notorious for climbing in your car, pretending to drive, and they may accidentally like lock themselves in the car when they're playing in the car's. And in this Mississippi heat, in the summertime, definitely we've already talked about the hot car risk. So it's not just leaving your kid in the car. You have to think about little things like that. If you can't find your, uh, if you aren't able to find your child, you've, you know they've played, run off, playing somewhere. Always look in the car first. And then the pool And the pool, too. That's what we said to you. So if you have a pool, always, if you can't find your child, they say always look in the car and the pool first. All right. We're going to go straight to all these
1: wonderful phone calls, beginning with Craig in Biloxi. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead.
6: Hey, good morning. Uh, I have a method that I use for keeping from leaving my travel bags or laptops behind is I hook a string on a clip. And I clip the clip to my uh, clothing and uh, to, to whatever I want to not forget. But and that can be used for a child too.
1: Fantastic! Like on the treadmill, okay. so that if you fall off the treadmill, yeah, it stops stop
6: the there. treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like a, a, a suspender clip, but they have uh, shower curtain clips. You can clip right on your clothing somewhere.
1: Fantastic, That's Craig! We're track. so glad that you called in with that. I love that. Okay. Thanks. Next, we're going to go to uh, Jan in Jackson. Jan, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. You're on the air. Go ahead. Thank you. My question is for Allison.
4: Um, This is about a new car. I have a brand-new Camry XLE. Unfortunately, I had to buy it because I had a wreck in my 2016 XLE. And now the state of technology in the new 2019 car is beyond belief. But my question is, I have heard that the place where you insert air into the tire, that there is a sensor there and a sensor means something that can go out. And so I just want your thoughts on is there a sensor i guess is there a sensor and if so what should you do and then this person who told me this also said when your sensor goes out you should go ahead and get them all replaced because they're all put in at the same time so they all should be replaced
1: so i'll hang up now Okay, Jan. Thanks for calling in, Allison. Let's Good talk question. about
2: uh, uh, car tire pressure sensor Monitoring technology. Yeah. Well, I, and also I remember the time the guy called when he had just bought a new camera, and he's like, he hated all that adaptive <laughs> cruise and, and all that stuff. And I wish that car manufacturers make it where you could turn that stuff off too if you don't want it. Mm-hmm. So I understand her or the, the cars with all this new technology. I can't imagine dealing with it. Um, so on the the sensor that she's talking about, they do all have sensors in them and yes they can go out no you do not need to replace all of those expensive sensors when one of them goes out you literally replace the one and you program it to what tire it is and there's an actually a separate computer for that a program that does just that and it works with your TPMS system your tire pressure monitoring system it's literally a dummy sensor and it's uh it's for basically a reminder for people to air up their tires when their tire gets usually 2 psi low in the tire pressure light will oh, come on and if it it has a problem with the sensor the little light will flash and it needs to be reset when you rotate your tires some of them you have to reset then so just another added expensive addition to cars of a sensor that you don't really need if you check your tires regularly but and
1: and, and a reason to have a trusted
2: mechanic who will help you with your car yeah then they have to have that program the, they have to have that software and computer to be able to work with the TPMS system all right let's go to Bruce in Jackson Bruce thanks for calling in to
1: autocorrect uh, you're on the air go ahead uh, my name is Bruce. I have a, a 1996 Ford F-150. It's a 300, a six-cylinder, 80 power. And my question is, it, a few months ago, it started tapping. It's a lifter. And when it's when it's running, you crank it up. You only hear it when you crank it up. And when it's idling it runs just it, it runs so smooth. And when it gets on the highway, it runs smooth. But whenever you put pressure on it, you can hear that tapping and that lifter. What is
0: it that I can do about it?
2: Ooh, I'm sorry. That's kind of serious. Well, make sure your oil level's good because that can make your lifters not act right and tap.
6: Yeah, it is.
2: And is is your oil pressure good?
6: Yeah, and it's running running good. Otherwise.
2: That can get serious. You may have slack in your timing chain or something like that that's throwing off your timing a little bit. I would have a good mechanic check that out for you and talk to you about that. Um, like a really good one. I, I feel like that could be serious. It could just be the cam phaser needs to be replaced. I think they have problems with different Ford engines with that but that you need someone that kind of knows about that. That specific area on on your car, uh, that that's could be, it could be very serious because once a valve starts tapping, you literally it's a valve slamming the top of your piston. Eventually, something's gonna break, yeah. and so you want to get that fixed before that happens because that can destroy an engine.
6: So uh, that's what, what, what kind gonna... of what kind of oil should I use? And I use a um, uh,
4: a good oil, Castrol. What what's...
2: I shouldn't put synthetic in a 1996, right? I wouldn't recommend it. Um, okay. it. What you can go to a blend if you want to get longer life out of your oil. Uh, that that I think it's okay um, but changing to a full synthetic that's that's kind of an opinion and I'm of the opinion that you shouldn't do that because the tolerances in that engine weren't made for synthetic which okay. is uh, m- more fluid it's 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 a better lubricating synthetic oil so they can make uh, engines are made a lot tighter than they okay. used to be and their tolerances are lower so they can use a synthetic oil whereas your older engine who are they're based on conventional old tolerances and so you want to stick with conventional more than likely or a synthetic blend okay thank
4: you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you, Bruce.
1: We're going to take a real super quick break. John and Bonnie, hang on. Uh, We're discussing kids' safety in and around cars with UMMC's Dr. Morgan McLeod. When we come back from the break, we're also taking your repair questions. Remember, you could always send us an email auto at mpbonline.org. What's new in the news? Hang on a minute. Uh, We may get to tell you, or it may have to be on the website. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. welcome back to autocorrect if you've missed any of our program you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash autocorrect we've got john and bonnie that we're going to go to right now john thanks so much for calling in we love our louisiana listeners along with our mississippi alabama arkansas and tennessee listeners and folks on the internet go ahead john
6: well thank you and thank you for your show thank you appreciate that uh I have a 2000 Toyota 4Runner 4-cylinder due for transmission service, and I was going to ask Allison's opinion on these transmission flushes, uh, which I've heard can be done different ways. Uh, Some places just flush the existing fluid without dropping the pan, but I've heard it's essential to drop the pan first, get the heavy stuff out, and then put in a new filter in the fluid at last is that the correct way to do that
2: you're you're correct in an older vehicle like that unless the fluid has been changed regularly uh you don't want to flush it because it'll move the debris around in there that that that's holding the clutches together because after a, a long time the material the the debris builds up and it and it sticks to the clutches and it kind of holds it together and when you clean all that out, it'll make it start slipping. So, has your transmission fluid been changed every thirty to fifty thousand miles since you've had it, so that or that you know of?
6: I bought it used at one hundred thousand and I had it changed at one thirty and uh, now I'm up to one eighty. So I guess I'm due.
2: Okay yeah well and that what i'd recommend and this is for anyone listening out there um, if you don't know the history of your transmission on your car that whether the fluid's been changed or not just do a what i call a, a drain and fill but change the filter too like you're talking about and you do you just you just take off the pan it's actually a really simple procedure and you can do it at home um Something I recommend, just a little tip, and something I do when I do a transmission drain and fill, I went and bought a quart bucket that measures quarts, and it's just a little bucket that I got from Ace Hardware, and I let the fluid drain into there, and it goes up to three and three-quarters quarts or however many quarts and that's exactly how much fluid i put in because you want to be real precise on how much fluid you put in your transmission because if you run it too little it can damage it pretty quick it'll overheat and you definitely don't want to put too much in there so that it gives you a starting point and then you can check it after that to make sure because it does use a little bit of, of oil a little bit's going to evaporate and condense so you're correct in saying drain the fluid out and change that filter you're right and and i wouldn't worry about about a flush on something that old but you you kind of know the condition of it if it's running good and everything I, I I don't think you have to worry about a flush but but you're right drain and fill on that and you said it was a four-cylinder forerunner yes okay I didn't know they did those that's cool and it's a 22 the 22 a- RE I guess a predecessor to that engine
6: would the dealership be a good place to have that done do you think or would they insist on a flush
2: Uh. Tell them no flush. You can do that at a dealership. They should be able to do that without any problem. I say that hesitantly because I I don't like dealerships that much usually. Um, But you know where to do it and should do it really well and is used to doing that is a transmission shop.
6: Okay. Well, thanks very much.
2: All right. Thank you, John. Bonnie, we've got one minute. Uh, If
1: you can give us your question in one minute. Otherwise, we need you to send us an email. Go ahead.
4: My question is about a Toyota Tundra 2015, a friend just recently bought one, and he has a remote, you know, where you can start the car. Someone told him he should start his car and let it run for like a couple minutes every time before he gets into his vehicle, and I told him that wasn't true. Can you
2: address that? Um, why'd you say that? <laughs> I'm picking, um, but yeah, that is correct. You do want to run it for a little bit. Let me let me explain to you why. When you get in a car and you crank it up and you just drive off right away, usually you're driving a little bit fast. Uh, your car hasn't had a chance for all those gaskets and all those oil rings and and all those different parts to expand. In your engine, so you're pushing fluids past stuff that it's not supposed to be, so it create wear and it can create leaks that you wouldn't normally have. Um, also, your engine oil is not warm in your car. That is actually separate from your engine coolant, so your car can be at operating temperature, but you still want to drive it gently for a little bit till you know that the engine oil is warm also. So that's what I recommend. Do let it warm, and I actually recommend about a minute and a half, not two minutes. So. Adjust your mirrors, put on your lipstick. Yeah. Fluff your
1: hair. Check uh, your tics. <laughs> Check <drive> your social. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in, Bonnie. We're so glad you're a listener. This, we've just had another hour blow by. Thank you so much, Dr. Morgan McLeod, for being on our show. Yes, thanks for having me. You can catch her in a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Here doing Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. Uh, we'll have a lot of this episode information on our website. So thanks, Michelle McAdoo and Jay White, for being our... Uh, a board engineer and call screener, and for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, I'm Liz Gill. Tune in next Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.